Thanks, everyone, for joining us. My name is Brian Elaine, and I'm here today with Sheila Beckford and Michelle Letter. Their new book is Doing Anti-Racist Business, Dislodging and Dismantling Racism with the Four Reels from Chalice Press. You may remember the previous book, Anti-Racism for Reels, Real Talk with Real Strategies in Real Time for Real Change. Reverend Sheila M. Beckford, a cradle Methodist, is an elder in the New York Annual Conference. Her deep roots in the life of the conference go back to her bake sales at Newman Memorial as a child, ushering, and page coordinator. Sheila has served on the District Committee on Ministries as a cluster leader in the Connecticut District, dance coordinator for the New York Annual Conference, and co-founder of New Day Church. Currently, Sheila serves as senior pastor of John Wesley United Methodist Church in Brooklyn. She also serves as chair of Black Methodists for Church Renewal, an organization that advocates for justice and the global connection, especially as it relates to Blacks and those of African diaspora. She also co-chairs New York Annual Conference Committee on Religion and Race. She currently resides in Brooklyn with her daughter. Having been ordained in the 6th Episcopal District in Georgia, Reverend Michelle Letter is an itinerant elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Michelle serves on the ministerial staff at Metropolitan African Methodist Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C., and serves as the Director of Equity and Anti-Racism for the General Commission on Religion and Race for the United Methodist Church. Michelle is a Ph.D. candidate at Emory University with a focus on homiletics. Her dissertation is entitled Preaching Truth an anti-racist, anti-racism homiletic for 21st century white Christians that actually interrupts and dismantles racism. I should also mention that Sheila and Michelle contributed to volume two of our How to Heal Our Divides book. You can learn more at antiracismforreals.com. That's anti-racism and the number four, dot com, and also at chalicepress.com. So, Sheila and Michelle, welcome back, and uh, many congratulations on your new book. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you so, for having us. Sure, sure. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to get to, back together with you guys, and I'm really glad, you know, to hear about the, the second book. Um, but maybe before we get into that, each of you could tell us just a little bit more about yourself that um, I didn't talk about already. Uh, sure. Uh, you covered a lot um, <laughs> of our history, and that's um, so. We have been with our new, with our first book. We have been hired in many places to actually lead anti-racism, anti-racist workshops and consultings, and so um, our repertoire is building. Um, and we have um, we have started our business, and it is starting to really bloom. So we are just grateful for people like you, Brian, who gave us this opportunity um, to share the work that we've been that we are passionate about, and um, the work that we've been engaged in. Excellent. That's great to hear. <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, right. You were actually uh, the very first interview that we did with the first book. So wow. we feel like this is um, this is a wonderful way to um, introduce to many the second book as well. Um, just as Sheila was talking about, we've been working with different um, executive and leadership groups. We've been working with um, 
uh, I think one of the groups started out being called a racial, racial justice task force. And by the time uh, the sessions were complete for that particular contract, they were the racial justice ministry band. They were a fully, um, they were a full ministry within their particular church. And we've also had the chance to talk with um, a lot of business owners and a lot of um, executive C-suite leaders who are interested in doing um, anti-racism work, but were concerned about the first book because we included our um, what we knew about how racism plays out in the church. And so we had some uh, not only church examples, but we also had some church language in there. We were speaking to a wide audience, uh, but that also included church folks because part of our experiences also include church experiences. And what we realized was that sometimes um, the church language was actually getting in the way mm. of those folks being able to use the anti-racism strategies, not necessarily because they couldn't recognize that they were powerful and that they would work, but that they were concerned that they couldn't get them through committee or mm. they couldn't get them through HR or they couldn't get them through um, another plate because it was very difficult from the business lens to see church language and not see it as proselytizing. Sure, sure. So we went to Chalice Press and we told them what was going on. And we said, hey, we've got this idea. What if we take the first book and we remove the church language and we remove the church examples and we highlight business examples and business work and then we'll add to it. And so that's what we did. Chalice Press was really excited, uh, jumped on board. Uh, the contract moved very quickly to get this book out. It was a very, very quick turnaround. Um, and we're so excited to be able to um, talk about this book, um, not only the ways that they're similar, but also the the new stuff that's in there too. So mm. thank you, Brian, again. Yeah, well, I mean, I was wondering how it came so quickly, honestly. You know, uh, <laughs> You know, traditional publishing isn't known for its speed um, most of the time, but this one was uh, really a great, uh, a great story. That's that's really wonderful to hear mm -hmm. that you guys were able to kind of like, um, you know, cross out of the quote unquote Christian book market into more of you know, a general purpose business book market. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, for those that are not familiar, maybe let's talk just a little bit about the first book, and what the four reels are. Can you explain that a little bit to folks? Right, so the four reels is basically our method, our methodology um, of providing people with practical ways to eradicate uh, racism and to become anti-racist. Um, I always turn to Michelle and let Michelle just run down eat all four of them really quickly because I take a little bit longer to run down each of them. So she, she's more concise with running them down. So I'll ask Michelle to run <laughs> each of the reels down. Uh, thank you. So um, this is probably the only time that I talk less. <laughs> Usually I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, so real talk with real strategies in real time for real change. So the four reels are literal for reels. Real talk is usually made in comparison to more talk. More talk is just like the next meeting, the other thing, the more words without racism actually being interrupted and dismantled. So real talk uses the language that's necessary and does it in a way that's necessary so that anti-racism actually happens. 
Real strategies is pretty much what it sounds like. These are strategies you can use right now to interrupt and dismantle racism. And the book is filled with them, not only um, in every chapter, but in the end of the book, we have an appendix that's filled with individual real strategies that folks can use right now. Real time uh, points to the reality that racism happens in real time and so that anti-racism has to happen in real time. But there are times where we recognize something is wrong, something is um, inappropriate, something is racist, and don't have a particular strategy or something to be able to interrupt. So real time also includes re uh, real scripts and real role plays. And real time also reminds us that anti-racism and anti-racist do not replay the racism. We only role play the anti-racism. And then real change allows us to take stock of what is actually happening, right? It's one thing to say, oh, we did a bunch of stuff, but it's another thing to actually measure and take account for and have consequences for whether or not uh, racism has actually been interrupted and dismantled. So real change has worksheets and to-do lists and templates and assessment sheets and analyzing um, whether or not racism has actually been dismantled. Very cool. So, um, you know, obviously the book is intended primarily for businesses. Um, are there particular types of businesses or sizes of businesses that you're targeting or just across the board? Just across the board, we believe that every bit, uh, business can benefit from this book. So we are not targeting any specific business. Uh, we've, we feel that business is business and um, <laughs> all businesses should be anti-racist. <laughs> No question. <laughs> so um, how should companies use the book? I mean, is it intended to go along with the consulting work that you guys do? Or is it, you know, basically standalone? It's, it's a both and, actually. Um, a lot of what people tell us, uh, businesses and otherwise, is that when they read our book, there are so many strategies packed into it that sometimes they'll read a strategy and realize, oh, wait a minute, this strategy is telling me that this is anti-racist, but I recognize that I or my business has been doing the thing that this is calling out. So sometimes it's just the book is, is a wake-up call uh, to folks and to businesses that something they're doing is actually perpetuating, uh, perpetrating racism. Uh, some folks use it as a template to get started with a, an actual process. So let's say, for example, in this book, we have, you know, how to have an anti-racist budget or how to start an anti-racist budget. Um, so there are 10 uh, prompts that folks can use to begin doing that work. Now, we have other folks that call us and contact us for uh, training and executive leadership work because they get to a certain point and then they realize we don't know how to implement this part of this work. Or we can recognize that we have racism uh, going on over here, but we don't know how to implement this particular strategy that the book brings forward. So it's a both and. We've got folks coming in from entry points all over the place. They they take it and run with it, or they end up calling us for um, executive leadership sessions so that they can implement them in ways that are anti-racist as well. Hmm. So um, 
In the book, you say to stop using the word diversity to minimize racial inequality, which I thought that was a great statement. I haven't heard that before. Um, how do you see that playing out in the work that you've done? How do we see that playing out what? In the work that you've done with companies. You know, have you seen a shift? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's funny. In uh, one of the companies that we were working with they created this policy and then they sent it to us and we reviewed the policy for um and we and we sent them back uh information or strikeouts or suggestions and recommendations they took some of our recommendations and they didn't take some of our recommendations but one of the recommendations that they did take and everyone seemed to have been on board with is um, not using the term diversity. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, it was like, we sent it, then we met with them the, the following month, was it, Michelle? Mm -hmm. We met with them the mm -hmm. following month, and we were just so stunned at how quickly mm -hmm. they found other words to use as, um, besides diversity. Mm. Well, that's cool. That, like I said, I hadn't heard that, you know, um, substitution you know, uh, directly portrayed like that, which, you know, I think is great. Sheila, would it be okay if I jumped in on that too? A little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the responses that we've gotten is you know, that that's what we're trying to do. That's why the word diversity is there. Like this is exactly what we're trying to do. We're try it's funny because I had this page um, flagged <laughs> for our conversation together. I had this literal number seven uh, starred. So um, they will say, well, we are trying to minimize racialized inequity. That's why we're doing diversity work. That's the whole point of what we're doing. And so, and again, this points to what I was talking about before, that there are some groups that when reading these things, they'll realize, now, wait a minute, if they're saying that stopping this is actually anti-racist and we're doing this, then one of the things that we need is to learn what's wrong with that. What's wrong with using the word diversity? And then we can go into all the ways that the word diversity or the practices that come from just using the word diversity can also perpetrate racism. Mm -hmm. So another thing you say in the book is that uh, leadership positions don't miraculously create leaders with the know-how and skill sets to create racial equity. You guys have some great quotes. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the skill sets that you describe in the book that, you know, you're helping people with? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, part of it is uh, interrupting or breaking through what, uh, what we talk about as the logic system of racism. So many times what, we learn as business practices or even interpersonal skills or something like that is still locked within the logic system of racism, which means that even if the words quote unquote sound good or sound acceptable, they're actually still perpetrating racism. So part of our work with uh, um, leaders is to um, illuminate where that language is, where those practices are. So one of the very first things uh, for any leader who's considering uh, doing work that is anti-racist and becoming anti-racist is to be open enough 
to realize that many of the things that they've been taught are also perpetrating racism. So if the openness isn't there from the very beginning, it's going to be very difficult uh, to, to move forward in that way. Um, another thing is that there, there's, a, there's a power change, a shift that happens that um, the particular power structure, dynamic, whatever that happens to be in the current business model that they're using, if racism is still being perpetrated, it's being perpetrated through that power model. So not only being open to revisiting what folks have already learned as best business practices that stand on their own, but then also being open to seeing that some of these things are not going to make sense when, when they start, because we've been trained and taught to do things in a particular way. And so we've created a common sense model around those things. Anti-racism is not going to make sense in the in direct contact with systems that are perpetrating racism. So if if that's the case, if that openness is there, once that happens, then we can start talking about all the very specific kinds of practices. Kind, how do you write a policy? How do how do you get the information? How do you know something is anti-racist? How would you even know? Uh, once that openness is there, then we can go into the specifics. So there's another definition uh, from the book that I really like. It says, anti-racism is anything that actually interrupts and dismantles racism. Um, I think of all the definitions I've heard, quite a few different ones of anti-racism. I think I like that the best. How did you all come up with that? <laughs> uh, we just thought about what is anti-racism. <laughs> you know, it is very logical. <laughs> right. But I haven't heard of it before. Many other definitions. Um, it it requires like this journey to go to get to anti-racist on these prerequisites to actually be anti-racist or um you know, it's just a lot of requirements. And we were like just the, the those requirements are not necessary. It just needs to be anti-racist. So it's, you have to disrupt it. You can't allow it to go on because once you allow it to go on, it's no longer anti-racist. The racism has spread already. And so once you, once you do the work that is anything that is interrupts that momentum, then you can call it anti-racist. So, um, I think you mentioned a little bit about this, Michelle, but the book provides tracking modules and assessment um, measures, uh, success or failing markers, strategies for making on-the-go shifts and avoiding common obstacles. So it sounds very practical. Um, can you say more about that? Sure. Um, again, because it's just one book and there's only so much we can have uh, within there, Um Really, what we're trying to do is provide as many entry points for folks as possible. So um, for some folks that are trying to figure out uh, for the first time explicitly how their business is going to be anti-racist or to build an anti-racist culture, a, a assessment for them might be following a list. 
because where do you start? You got to start somewhere. So for example, in the real change chapter, we have a list of anti-racism interview questions. Because what we found in talking with leaders and especially in folks with folks in HR is that they're concerned about mentioning anything that has to do with race, racism, or anti-racism, because they feel like as soon as they open that door, they're going to be um, practicing uh, discrimination, that they're going to have discrimination. So what we did was we created not only um, a description and a, and a helpful kind of pathway to it, uh, but we also created 10 questions that you can ask um, your candidates. This helps you not to um, interrogate race and not to interrogate racism. Really what you're doing is providing an opportunity for all candidates across the board who are going to be um, considered for positions in your organization to show, to provide evidence that they are capable of doing anti-racism work. So if you're going to have an anti-racism ethos and culture in your organization, you have to have employees who are able to do anti-racism work. If you've got folks there who um, were not hired under that standard, they're going to have to be trained in order to do it. But when you're hiring new people, there are ways that you can ask them particular questions that help them talk about the anti-racism that they're prepared to do and that they've already done. And we help provide um, a template to help HR folks and business folks see the difference between discriminatory practices about race and racism and asking anti-racism questions. That's really an important distinction. I'm yeah. sure it's very helpful. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we think so. <laughs> so what else about the book would you like to share? Well, we would like to let you all know that it, uh, the previous book, we had about 137 strategies listed. Mm -hmm. And we now have about maybe 43 additional strategies um, to help people to find their entry point. The book is so is very practical. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's an easy read. It I will say it's not easy to do. <laughs> and, you know, switching from the logic system of racism to uh, the logic system of anti-racism, we will never say it's easy because it's, it deals with comfortability. So you're going to be uncomfortable because you're unlearning to relearn. And so at our age, right, as we get older, <laughs> unlearning to relearn is often a difficult thing because all of our lives we have walked this path. All of our lives we have known, um, we have understood this language. And now it's a totally different language that you're being taught. And so you will be uncomfortable. So be prepared. Because we're challenging many of the things that e even we learned as children growing up. It was a challenge for us. So it's definitely going to be a challenge for those who are just walking into this work. Who's and, it, this, and I'm going to say this isn't for everyone. We are not for everyone. Um, we are for people who are willing to, uh, to learn anti-racism work. It is, we are willing, we are for people who are willing to do the work. We are for people who are open 
to the new strategies and the new learnings that is in these that's in the book. Michelle. Yeah, I I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm I'm thinking too that um under underlying all of this is our deep and true belief that every single person in every single business can do anti-racism work right now. Yes. The part that's often cut off from our quote is if they commit to do so. <laughs> so the it's it's yes, we're all capable of doing it. There is there is an anti-racist anti-racism solution for every form of racism that's being perpetrated right now. It's whether or not we will commit to actually doing what is necessary in order to interrupt and dismantle it. So even when we say things like we're not for everybody, which is very, very true, um, we're, we're also saying that should you commit to doing anti-racism work and be willing to stand up against the the accountability and the consequences that are that must be part of this in order for anti-racist culture and ethos to be built and sustained, then every single person in every single business can be anti-racist. But it's going to be hard. And it's going to be hard in different ways, depending on the entry points that we're coming in. But if we're willing to do it and we're willing to um to, to stand by that commitment when the things get difficult, when it gets hard, when it pushes right up against whatever thing we're holding on to that perpetrates racism, then anti-racism will go forward. Amen. So um, looking forward, are there any future books or uh, future projects or extensions on this project that you'd like to share with people? Uh, we do have some things, some ideas uh, swirling around. Uh, we do want one of one thing that's on my heart is to have a children's book, a book that allows children to uh, again do things practically. You know, uh, we need to start with our children. If we start with our children, then we'll have a people will have a better understanding of anti-racism because racism. Children actually lead adults. If we look at how children interact with one another, if we look at how if we listen to the how children speak to one another, we are so impressed with our children that we we tend to end up following them in some ways because they remind us of who we are to be. And um, so that's in my heart to produce a and publish a children's book with this with our same method. Sure, sure. Well, um, one of the things that I started when I was doing writing for your life was a children's book conference, and you know this would fit right into that. So uh, I hope that that comes to fruition. Me too. <laughs> How about you, Michelle? Um, well, the the other thing that we'd like to share, too, is that we're working on a couple of um, large scale grants right now that we're looking to um, create uh, some pilot programs for scalability. Uh, 
So a lot of what we've ended up doing are, um, even when we do, you know, perhaps like it's a keynote or um, major workshops for conferences or things like that, it's still been, um, you know, with one organization that is uh, organizing the whole thing that we're working on how how um, one focuses on communicating race uh, anti-racism without perpetrating more racism and different uh, different formats of doing that. And then um, another is focused on what we call racial positionality, that we can be doing work across lines of racial difference when we do anti-racism work, but there's part of that work that's going to be different and part of that work that's going to happen in racialized caucuses. So we're working on uh, those two grants. And then we have a couple of other projects that are really in the very kind of beginning bubbling brainstorming uh, sessions, but we'll be sure to let you know uh, when they come to fruition. <laughs> yes, yes, please do, please do. So again, the title of the new book is Doing Anti-Racist Business, Dislodging and Dismantling Racism with the Four Reels. Um, you can learn more about it, again, at antiracism4reels.com or chalicepress.com. And <clears throat> I really give Chalice, you know, a, a great uh, a thank you for helping, you know, birth these books. Um, and thank you, <laughs> Sheila and Michelle, um, you know, for joining us and for doing all the work that you do. Um, it's really great to see the progress and the continued uh, effort that has been expanding and looks like it will expand some more. So thank you so much okay. for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support, Ryan. We really appreciate it. My Absolutely. Pleasure.